There are so many things going on in the lives of ordinary people that really aren't ordinary at all. The unexplained, UFOs, reincarnation, questions about religion and faith, ghost sightings, karma. What is our life's purpose? What are the messages from the universe? What should we believe? Who's right? Who's wrong? There's so many things to talk about and they're happening in the everyday lives of ordinary people. Why don't you join me on a new podcast called The Universe Always Wins? We're going to try and tie all of these things together, one experience at a time. Also available in video format on YouTube. This is Ellie and you're listening to the Meat and Potatoes Tarot Podcast. Welcome and welcome and a big thank you to my patrons who are also watching the video version of this podcast on Patreon. I have really exciting news for those who want to see the video version of any episode and I'll tell you about that at the end of this video. Today's video is a sort of an interruption to the individual card definitions. I'm going to be talking about numerology and the numbers in tarot. This is going to sound a little bit confusing because we're going through a, some very basic um, description of how numbers um, ref are reflected in the Rider Waite deck. Don't be too concerned because we're going to be going through numbers in accordance with every single card in the Minor Arcana deck as we proceed forward. But just as I gave you an introduction into the Fool's Journey in order to help you to understand how the Major Arcana cards were going to transpire in future episodes, numbers are so important to the Minor Arcana, I wanted to provide some kind of an introduction to that as well. So listen with intent but don't be too concerned about understanding every single nitty gritty bit of the discussion about numbers. It's a really good base of an episode to listen to because it'll help you when we go through the individual minor arcana cards, but it isn't going to answer all of your questions straight away because as we're beginning to understand, the Rider Waite deck is really complex and it's practically mathematical in the way that it depicts the cards and the meanings of those cards. So there is a lot to learn still. Anyway, are you up for it? Let's take a look at the numbers in the Rider Waite deck. Let's take a look at the minor arcana cards that are numbered one. In Western and Chinese numerology, the number one represents independence and new beginnings, plus the wholeness of a single thing. It can also relate to business and intellectual pursuits, assertiveness, determination and leadership. In the minor arcana suite, the number one is represented as an ace. Each of the ace cards denotes a presentation of a single, independent and new example of the suite's significance. So for example, in the Ace of Swords, we have a new and independent concept of intellect and communication. In the Ace of Wands, we have a new and independent rush of energy, which is inspired to act. In the Ace of Cups, we have a new and independent um, element of emotion and sense of self. It's the ultimate when it comes to that. 
And also in the Ace of Pentacles, we have the manifestation of a new prosperity, which is independent and, um, and unique in itself. In the Major Arcana Suite, the number one is represented by the Magician. The Magician stands alone, confidently asserting his determination to manifest and needs no more than he is, which suggests that at the moment that he exists, he is whole. So let's take a look at the number two. In tarot, as in Chinese numerology, two represents balance of two or more elements, harmony, pairings and partnerships. There is a world of possibilities, but each possibility has a knock-on effect and a potential legacy that it leaves behind once activated. All number two cards in the minor arcana carry two opposite competing considerations that should be balanced. For example, we have the balancing of time and resources in the Two of Pentacles. We have the balancing of attractions of two people in the uh, Two of Cups. We have the balancing of the future and the past in the Two of Wands. And we have the balancing of reality and a lack of reality. And what we tell ourselves, whether it's the truth or a lie, in the Two of Swords. In the Major Arcana, the number two is represented by the High Priestess. She is the complementary opposite of the Magician. And together they form a complementary opposite but balanced union. So let's take a look at the number three. In Chinese numerology, the number three represents separating from the past and living life and all its experiences, following your inspiration, embarking on something new, uh, creation, connection and embracing change are all common themes of life denoted by the number three. In the minor arcana suite, the number three often relates to an endeavor or creation of an event. Collaborations and celebrations with others, along with the impact that might be relevant from the connections that we make with others. So, for example, we have the coming together and collaboration of people in the Three of Pentacles and the impact that that might have. We have the coming together to celebrate friendship and the impact that that might have. We have the coming together of the past, the present and the future and the impact that that might have. And then we have and then we have the coming together of what we know, what we believe and what we decide with that information that and the impact that that might have. In the major arcana suite, the number three is represented by the empress. The empress denotes motherhood and the creation of abundance. So let's take a look at the number four. In tarot, the number four 
relates to stability, structure, and the creation of an anchor point. The prospect of growth and evolution made possible by the existence of something foundational or tangible. In Chinese numerology, the number four is considered to be an unlucky number, in a similar manner that the number 13 is sometimes considered unlucky in Western interpretations. And think about what 13 comprises of. It's a one and a three, which adds up to four. The Chinese relate the number four to death, which is the only moment in life during which a person surrenders all sense of security and safety so that they may experience their ultimate fate. So let's take a look at the minor arcana cards as they relate to four. In the minor arcana, four can depict a focus on matters that serves as an anchor as relevant to the suite. For example, the pentacles may relate to financial security, the cups to emotional security, the wands to secure relationships, and the swords to mental stability. In the major arcana suite, the number four is represented by the emperor, a card almost entirely focused on matters of materialism and tangible security. So let's take a look at the number five. The number five represents instability and the conflict that arises from a lack of cohesion. In Chinese numerology, five relates to me or the focus on one's own ego and singularity. An inflated self-focus can sometimes apply, which further amplifies the sense of crisis. In the minor arcana suite, five can appear as instability, lack of cohesion, sadness and other issues that often arise when support of others isn't present. So, for example, in the Five of Pentacles, we have people who are destitute and lack support of others. In the Five of Cups, we have that sadness and sense of bereavement and having a sense of loss or being alone even. In the Five of Wands, we have a selfish inspiration uh, to only look after one's own interests and not to support the other individual. And then in the Five of Swords, there is the potential to go beyond what's necessary in order to get what you want. Sort of talking yourself into thinking that it's okay. In the Major Arcana Suite, the number five is represented by the Hierophant. As God's representative on Earth, the Hierophant acts much like a silver thread which sews together on a single set of beliefs, traditions or principles and otherwise disparate humanity. So the meaning of that in plain English is the purpose of having a representative is to bring together all of the individuals and remind them that they're not really alone, that they belong to something whole and something bigger. So let's take a look at the number six. The number six relates to communication, harmony and cooperation. In Chinese numerology, six is a card of good fortune and happiness and is considered to be a particularly positive number when related to business ventures. 
In the Minor Arcana Suite, the number six represents a coming together of the collective. It may appear as a group win, an act of kindness or other success in which a group effort or partnership was a key component of the outcome. So, for example, in the Six of Pentacles, charity and the giving and receiving support is a coming together for a positive outcome. In uh, the Six of Cups, the collective is about community and a kinder time and also the coming together to tell stories of childhood and to reminisce about shared memories. The Six of Wands is about victory as a, um, as a consequence of group effort, often depicted as a battle that's been won or something like public recognition where a number of people have come together to celebrate the achievement of one or of each other. And then the Six of um, Swords is a coming together to be able to create a better life. So to leave a tormented past and move on to calmer waters. In the major Akana suite, the number six is represented by the lovers. By its definition, the lovers unite and share the impact of that union. So let's take a look at the number seven. The number seven refers to the determination for something that may or may not be achieved. In Chinese numerology, seven is considered to be a mixture of lucky and unlucky. So for example, hit or miss and ranges in meaning from rising up to deception and lies. In tarot, seven involves contemplation and introspection relating to what caused us to appear as we have in the context of events. In the minor arcana suite, the number seven relates to what appears within us that will activate in accordance with the relevant suite. For example, will we persist beyond life's disappointments is represented in the pentacles. Do we trust our own instincts as represented in the cups? Are we willing to accept a challenge as represented in the wands? And would we defy expectations as depicted in the swords? In the major arcana, seven is represented by the chariot. The chariot persists beyond any perceived limitations to achieve an agreed way forward. So let's take a look at the number eight. Age relates to inner strength and the resources you have inside you to draw from so that you may action a response and succeed at whatever you have aimed to achieve. The number eight is also the luckiest number in Chinese numerology and signifies wealth and prosperity. In fact, the more eights that appear in something, the luckier it is. To demonstrate this, the number 888 license plate is the most coveted license plate in the world. As it happens, when I was four years old, I decided that eight would be my favorite number. More than 50 years later, it still is, and I can't drive past a house for sale if the street number is number eight. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a little bonkers when it comes to the number eight. <laughs> in the minor arcana suite, 
The number eight speaks of motivation to act in ways that achieve a positively perceived outcome. For example, the eight of pentacles is about getting training or moving up in the world or doing a career change for some kind of benefit to yourself. The number eight um, of cups is about leaving what you know and moving on to something new, kind of trying to create a better emotional space for yourself. The number eight, um, sorry, the eight of wands is about change in motivation and um, looking to sort of get your ducks in a row for something better. And then the eight of swords is about having a positive mindset so as to avoid trapping yourself into um, kind of perceptions of victimhood that are really based on your own inability to branch out or to think openly or to kind of, you know, fall for some of the common messages that might be flawed. In the major Akana suite, the number eight is represented by strength and the humble but continuous act of positive self-development. So let's take a look at the number nine. The number nine is a configuration of three times three and relates to the mind, body and spirit multiplied unto itself to produce a wisdom from previous duplicated experiences. In Chinese numerology, nine is believed to represent matters which are long lasting. Nine relates to the need for personal fulfillment in order to progress to satisfactory completion. In the minor arcana, nine often represents completion, achievement, the niggle of a final loose end that needs to get tied up, or a long and winding journey that has nearly, very, very nearly reached its destination. So, for example, um, the nine of pentacles relates to um, sort of an appreciation for what you've achieved. You haven't finished yet, but you appreciate that you've come a long way. The Nine of Cups is about having that emotional security that you've achieved through your journey as well. It may not be complete, but you have achieved a lot. The Nine of Wands is about having that courage and resilience to do that final battle if necessary, even though you've weathered so many battles in the past. And the Nine of Swords is about being having concern about where you've traveled so far and being doubtful of the things that may take you through to that final step in your journey. In the major arcana, the number nine is represented by the hermit. The hermit appears as the final step in the journey of earthly wisdom. He reflects on all which has been experienced so far and readies himself for a transition from the material to the spiritual plane. So let's take a look at the number 10. The number 10 represents the end of a cycle and can also be the point of renewal and return to a starting point so that the cycle may begin again. This is demonstrated by the compilation of one and zero in the number 10. When added together, the 10 becomes a one and hence a new beginning appears again. 10 does not appear specifically in Chinese numerology, but as it is comprised of one and zero, 
there is relevance to its meaning. One can relate to being alone or single, and zero appears just prior to a beginning. In the minor arcana suite, the number 10 relates to a kind of revelation. This may relate to having reached an outcome or ending or realization that effort has been wasted. So, for example, the Ten of Pentacles is about the um, sort of the success of a large, prosperous entity or ideal. The number 10 of Cups is about family harmony and having sort of achieved a wonderful set of relationships, whether it be uh, with others or with family. The number 10 of Wands is about kind of recognizing that you've done it all the wrong way or that you have potentially wasted your labor. And Ten of Swords is about the end of that cycle. It can also be about defeat or death. In the Major Arcana, Ten is represented by the Wheel of Fortune. All of our choices, decisions and investments so far are collected together and feel the directional force that propels us into a new beginning. So there you go. That was the numbers and how they appear uh, in a very broad sense in the Rider Waite deck. I know that it's a lot of information and I don't expect you to be an expert based on this episode. But as you can see, there's kind of a theme that's evolving. There is one major theme that we can't ignore, and that is that nothing appears in the imagery of the Rider Waite deck by accident. Not one color, not one person, not one tree, not one number, nothing. Everything is there to serve a purpose. And that's why it's such a brilliant tarot deck. It's not just there to look pretty and it's not just there to um, remind you of some of the interpretations. There's so much depth and it draws from lots and lots of different types of theologies and ideologies and sort of... Um, and methods of understanding how the universe operates. Um, so we're now going to start looking at the minor arcana suites one by one. But before I take you into the next episode, which will obviously appear next week, I have some exciting news. For those of you who aren't in a position to get a video version of this entire podcast, you can now purchase a single episode in video format if you think it's going to help you to learn or if you found the learning so valuable that you'd like to keep a copy of the video version on file for later. On my Patreon account, which is the Ellie Dreams Done Under Patreon account, I now am going to be offering single episodes for purchase. And um, you can buy as many or as little of those uh, video episodes as you like. You may also decide to purchase a single video episode in order to determine whether a video version of the podcast would be helpful. Because if you decide you'd like to have a video version after watching a single episode, you can always join and become a Patreon uh, Meat Potatoes student, which will allow you to get all of the entire podcast on video as it becomes available. So now you have another option or you can continue to listen to the audio version, whichever it is that suits you. 
the audio version will always be free because I believe that learning should be made available to everyone in one form or another. So that was numbers. If you'd like to see me put my knowledge of tarot into practice, you can always subscribe to the Ellie Dreams Done Under channel on YouTube. I produce a new video every day of the year and all of the videos are free. I cover a wide variety of subjects, including US politics, world affairs, the unexplained, uh, the paranormal, spirituality, UFOs, you name it. And I also take viewer requests. So I do hope that you'll join me there. In the meantime, thank you for joining me here and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.